It's Tuesday, December 12th, 2023. And this is Uranium Spotlight, your weekly podcast dedicated to delivering the latest news and events shaping the uranium fuel market and its critical role in the global energy landscape. Brought to you by PurePoint Uranium Group, trading on the TSX Venture and the OTCQB. PurePoint actively operates a portfolio of advanced uranium projects in the world's richest uranium district and has established partnerships with some of the largest uranium suppliers worldwide. While our passion for this subject is undeniable, it's essential to clarify that the information presented here is not investment advice. Instead, our goal is to offer an unbiased and comprehensive review of recent events that could impact uranium prices. And now your host, Chris Frostad. This week on Uranium Spotlight, COP28 commits fully to a nuclear future. The U.S. Congress votes on new Russian uranium sanctions, and three uranium exploration companies band together. Last week's spot price once again moved up, gaining another 60 cents to close at $82.05 U.S. per pound U308. Spot activity declined after moderate volumes in November's final week. Despite three spot transactions on Wednesday due to financial interest, news of Congress voting on a Russian fuel embargo slowed activity. Sellers withdrew as the market awaited the vote's outcome, resulting in unchanged prices on Monday and Tuesday. Specific interest in Coverdine delivery boosted prices slightly. The expected vote on Monday influenced buying interest, raising U308 prices to $82.05 per pound on Thursday, the highest since January 2008. As this week begins, upward price momentum is expected to stem from Washington's news about a potential U.S. ban on Russian uranium imports, causing sellers to pull offers. In the term market, awaiting the U.S. vote results, activity remained quiet, with no reported contract awards. A U.S. utility sought U-308 for midterm delivery in 2027 to 2028, while another sought UF-6 options for 2027 to 2033. Non-U.S. utilities evaluated offers for U-308 spanning 2026 to 2030 and are awaiting offers for various forms in 2026 to 2035. A third non-U.S. utility is expected to enter the market for EUP and or components. Multiple utilities engaged in off-market negotiations or prepared for mid- and longer-term market entry. Over the past two weeks, countries from all over the world have met in Dubai to discuss the future of climate change mitigation and environmental protections for a new era. This is the 28th UN Climate Change Conference of the Parties, or COP28. Top of the agenda, how nuclear power must take a lead role in attaining these goals. Nuclear is back, says Emmanuel Macron, president of France. Adding to that, the director of the International Atomic Energy Agency says that nuclear used to be something of a taboo at past COPs, but no longer. Now all the reactor-equipped countries will stand together and declare their support for the continued use of this technology. But what does all this posturing mean in terms of actual commitments? Since the first day of COP28, the United States has led a group of like-minded countries in banding together to support the development of nuclear energy. First, there is the joint pledge signed by 22 countries, which, although not legally binding, commits those countries to triple the use of nuclear energy worldwide from a starting point of 2020 to 2050. This pledge has also been called the Net Zero Nuclear Pledge. This tripling of reactor capacity also results in a sizable effect on the long-term demand for uranium. More capacity means more fuel used in more reactors, and likely means more advanced reactors, which will likely require more highly enriched fuel. Second, 
There is the new plan signed by five members of the G7, including Canada, Japan, the United States, the United Kingdom, and France. These nations, referred to as the Sapporo Five, also agree to spend 4.2 billion U.S. dollars to strengthen the nuclear fuel supply and wrest control of it away from Russian sources. These strong promises in support of nuclear and nuclear fuel supply commit these countries to a future of carbon-free baseload power for generations to come. COP28 also provided a variety of countries with the opportunity to sign and promote cooperative arrangements in support of a nuclear renaissance, starting with the host country's major reactor operator, Emirates Nuclear Energy Corporation, also called ENEC, who now boasts a fleet of four brand-new Korean-built APR-1400 reactors. ENEC has now concluded a number of agreements with several companies and government entities of foreign states. One such agreement includes a Memorandum of Understanding with X-Energy, a U.S.-based small modular reactor developer and nuclear fuel engineering company to investigate the production of advanced nuclear technology. Kazataprom also sent a delegation to COP28, and they've signed a contract with the NEC to supply natural uranium concentrates to the UAE in the years to come. Other important developments at COP28 came out of France. France's state-owned reactor operator and main utility, EDF, has signed several agreements related to decarbonizing its electricity sector. EDF started by endorsing the net zero nuclear pledge, then went on to commit to help France and the world meet those targets. EDF is just one of over 120 companies that have endorsed the net zero nuclear pledge. More than half of United States citizens are in supportive of nuclear power because of its reliability, economic influence, and minimal pollutants compared to other energy sources. That is according to a survey last week from the nonprofit environmental research organization EcoAmerica. It found that 52% of citizens either strongly or somewhat support nuclear energy infrastructure in the country. This support is evident in Holtec's announcement last week to recommission its Palisades nuclear power plant and build further reactor capacity there, doubling capacity by 2030. Fueling all of this support, however, may be at odds with our Russian suppliers. The United States House of Representatives currently has a bill slated this week for a House floor vote that would ban the sale of Russian uranium to utilities in the United States as a response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine in 2022. The banning of Russian uranium has widespread bipartisan support. Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia stated that we are either going to ban them or they're going to ban us, meaning that Russia could also refuse to sell uranium to the United States, in which case the United States probably wants to get out ahead of the Russians by instituting its own ban first, to be better prepared for the oncoming supply crunch. At present, very little of the United States' uranium supplies come from domestic sources. Russia provides 12% of the U.S.'s uranium, an amount large enough to make a significant difference. Russian allies Kazakhstan and Uzbekistan supply a combined 36%, but whether they would follow Russia's lead and curtail supplies to the U.S. is doubtful, as their relations with Russia have soured since the invasion of Ukraine. Kazakhstan also has another issue in that Chinese and Russian companies have been buying up Kazakhstani supplies of uranium at a faster and faster pace for years. Some commentators have stated that China is going to try to secure a reliable supply of uranium for its reactors no matter how much money it costs. China both already has the second most reactors in the world and is building half of the currently under construction reactors worldwide. In a major move in the uranium exploration sector, newcomer Atha Energy Corp. has announced his plans to acquire two prominent companies, 92 Energy Limited and Latitude Uranium Inc., in a strategic effort to create Canada's premier exploration company. 
The acquisitions are complemented by a concurrent financing plan to raise approximately $14 million in funds. The combined entity aims to possess the largest exploration portfolio in Canada, spanning 7.1 million acres across the country's top three uranium jurisdictions. This substantial exposure includes historic resources with expansion potential, such as the Angolek deposit in Nunavut and projects in the central mineral belt of Labrador. Key highlights of the acquisitions include entry into Labrador's prolific central mineral belt, exposure to the high-grade Gemini discovery in the Athabasca Basin, and a robust pipeline of exploration catalysts for 2024. The company's strong balance sheet, with no debt and a forecast cash balance exceeding $55 million, is expected to support its exploration activities well into 2025. Atha's leadership team expressed excitement about the opportunity to create a comprehensive uranium asset portfolio during a time of increasing global demand for nuclear energy. The team believes that the amalgamation of these companies will maximize the value of the extensive exploration assets and leverage technical and financial resources for growth. The proposed acquisitions are subject to shareholder, court, and regulatory approvals. The latitude arrangement is expected to be completed in the first quarter of 2024, while the 92 Energy Scheme is anticipated to be implemented in the early second quarter of 2024. The news has received positive responses from institutional investors, including ISO Energy and Mega Uranium, indicating confidence in the larger market capitalization of the combined company. The move is seen as a strategic step towards strengthening Atha's position in the uranium exploration industry and capitalizing on the growing demand for nuclear energy worldwide. And that wraps up your Uranium Spotlight coverage for this week. For more news and events from the world of uranium, please tune in next week to Uranium Spotlight. You've been listening to Uranium Spotlight, your weekly podcast dedicated to delivering the latest news and events shaping the uranium fuel market and its critical role in the global energy landscape. Brought to you by PurePoint Uranium Group, advancing its position as the premier uranium explorer in the world's richest uranium district. Join us again next week for Uranium Spotlight, 